Good morning, people of God. Oh, what a beautiful morning the Lord has given us. Amen. 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 It feels so wonderful to be back up in front of you all. Special, uh, huge shout out, thank you to Beth Paulo, who led us in worship last Sunday with a difficult text, no less. But it got to the point where uh, I had everything planned. By Saturday morning, I was all set to go, and by Saturday night, it just wrecked me. And I thought, who could I text at 9.45 on a Saturday night? I know, Beth doesn't know how to say no. <laughs> but uh, so she graciously said yes. And uh, so thank you for Beth for leading us in worship last week. A uh, special welcome to those of you who are visiting with us today, both in person and online. Uh, we will be having Holy Communion for those of you online, so we invite you to grab some bread and wine following our time of confession, and we will celebrate uh, the Lord's uh, body and blood. Number of announcements for today. There's a ton going on this month, so I invite you to check out your weekly constant contact if you receive those. If you don't, let us know in the office. We'll get those to you. It's just, there's a lot coming up. First, uh, this next Saturday, we have the annual Trunk or Treat, but we've turned it into a fall festival. So from noon to two, we've got a lot going on, kicking it off with the Trunk or Treat. We're looking to have about 30 cars. I think we actually had more than 30 last year. And I'm looking back at that sign-up. We got 13 signed up so far. So if you are willing, even if you can't decorate the trunk of your car, if you're willing to show up and hand out some candy, it just makes it all that more fun to have a parking lot full of cars back there. Uh, and then, of course, there's a lot of stuff coming up after that, all in that little noon to two Don't worry, I already looked ahead. The Michigan-Michigan State game is at 7.30. You'll have plenty of time to get your candy on, get home, get your tailgating on, and then, uh, you know, watch what will probably be a butt whooping. So, uh, all right, so that's coming up this next week, or this next Saturday. For those of you interested in learning more about King of Kings, we're having a new member class following our second service today. Uh, we'll have lunch in the back and then uh, talk about what it means to be Lutheran and uh, a member of King of Kings and answer any questions you might have. So if you're inter- interested, just stop on in. Once again, we're going to be taking our offering the old school way, like we used to. We're going to pass those plates. So, uh, you know, when I invite you to, I invite you, I'll invite you to take your offerings out as well as those yellow slips that you get when you come in. We invite you to fill them out. Even if we have your information, just put your names on there. That's one of the ways that uh, Jennifer's able to know who is in worship on Sunday morning. So even for you regulars, it'd be wonderful if you would fill those out and turn those in at the time of offering. Finally, we're collecting food for the Macomb County Food Program for the next four weeks. Maybe you saw those cardboard bins as you walked in. Uh, There is a little stand back there with a list of uh, supplies that we are looking to collect. All non-perishables, as you might imagine. Things like canned tuna fish, canned meat, beef stew, uh, spaghetti or pasta, canned fruit, that kind of stuff. There's a long list here. So if you're willing to uh, grab one of those and maybe next time you're out grocery shopping for yourself to grab a few extras so that we can continue to support those people who don't have food Uh, at least a regular source of food every day. (sighs) With all that said, uh, let's get after it. I invite you to stand as you are able. Greet the neighbors you have around you. If you're joining us online, give a shout out, say hello. 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 
Amen. Let us pray. Lord of the feast, you have prepared a table before all peoples and poured out your life with abundance. Call us again to your banquet. Strengthen us by what is honorable, just, and pure, and transform us into a people of righteousness and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Oh, so if I had been looking ahead last week for this week's uh, scripture reading, I think I would have had Beth preach this week too. I don't know what it is about this point in the book of Matthew, but we are in the 22nd chapter now, and uh, Matthew's on a bender. So there's a lot going on here. I hope to unpackage at least some of it together. Uh, It'll be tough chewing, but uh, I've never been one to shy away from, uh, from what Jesus invites and calls us into. So today our gospel reading comes to us from the book of Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 1. I invite you to follow along on the screen. So once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, them being the crowd that he had gathered together along with the Pharisees and the scribes. The last parable he had just shared last week, as soon as he was done, the the Pharisees and scribes wanted his head. They wanted him gone. So he followed it up with this. (laughs) Jesus likes to poke the bear. Okay. So once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed there was a man who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And the man was speechless. So then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, actions speak louder than words. Raise your hands if you've ever heard that phrase before. Of course we have, right? It's a phrase we've probably heard more times than we can count. From a parent or from a friend, from an employee or from an employer. 
It may even be something that most every human could actually agree is true. And that's saying something in today's world, right? When it comes, when it, when, when it seems more and more that we can't agree on much these days, I think we can agree. That when it comes to promises and good intentions, if we say something and don't do it, people lose faith in what we are saying to them. Amen? Amen. As a parent of four, yes, four boys, multiple times a day I find myself, or we both find ourselves, both Kelsey and I, using that same little adage with our boys, right? Over and over again. If you tell me you're going to clean your room and you don't do it, I have a hard time believing that you're listening. If you say you're sorry after you hit a brother and then you go and hit that same brother right afterwards, I have a hard time believing that you were actually sorry. Because actions speak louder than words. Anyone else ever have that hanging over your heads in the midst of uh, busy and chaotic lives where you've said yes to so many things that you soon find out that you just can't follow through with them like you thought that you might be able to. And then that guilt or that shame kicks in, wondering why you just can't get your act together and simply do the thing that you said you were going to do. I mean, right? That happens in our lives. Actions speak louder than words. It's a simple rule to live by, and it's an impossible rule to live by. As we are humans who are imperfect, and sometimes we're just broken people who often either don't have the energy or the time or the resolve to back up our words with actions. And we totally use this rule to judge ourselves, to to fix it in our failings, to judge others if they don't follow through with what they said. And we get frustrated, don't we? Until we remember that, oh yeah, I've done that too. Hmm. But this morning, this phrase, actions speak louder than words, is the simple rule that I'm clinging to in the midst of this gospel reading for the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Because this is not an easy scripture reading, dear ones. It's a parable that paints a picture of a king and a king's stubborn and dismissive people A king who invites and then invites some more, all these people to a wedding for his son. And these first people invited shun him. And he's spurned by the people who he invites. The parable shows a king who has this spirit of welcome and invitation that transforms into a spirit of rage. When the ungrateful people not only don't show up, but they choose to mistreat and eventually murder those servants. The king turns to murder himself in anger and judgment, killing the people who have twice rejected his invitation and have hurt his messengers. And we say, thanks be to God. The first part of the parable is full of violence and anger and rage. I mean, talk about a tough read. And it's not happening in real time. It's not based on actual events. It's a made-up parable that Jesus chooses to use to teach those who are gathered around him. But still, it's a doozy. And it's tough. And it's tough to wonder. 
What is this parable actually describing? Time and time again, Jesus uses parables to teach God's people what the kingdom of God looks like or, or who God is, how God treats God's people, which begs the question, Jesus referring to God as the king in this parable, is this how we are to imagine our creator, welcoming and inviting only to a point? A God who will extend a hand, but when rejected will lash out with anger and resentment, wiping people away. Whew. Thanks be to God. No. <laughs> what do you do with this, right? And so anytime I come across a really hard text in Scripture, there's a couple of things that I think are important for us to do. First is to kind of take a step back and look at the context. Okay, the context in which historically was happening. So Jesus was preaching to a certain people at a certain time. Next, it's important to look at the literary context and wonder, okay, who is Matthew sharing this story with? Because it would have been important for the people to hear this story from Matthew's point of view. Now these two contexts are times and time frames aren't all that separate from each other. We know Jesus was, was preaching and teaching about 30 AD. And we believe that Matthew was written about 70 AD. So there's 40 years in between there. But it's good for us to take a look at these two different contexts. So first, it begs the question, was Jesus first speaking this parable as a wilderness preacher trying to push back against those in power. You had the Pharisees and the scribes who were telling people who's in and who's out, what's right and what's wrong. And so is Jesus using this story to remind those people who have all the power that they need to watch out, that they need to be warned. You think you know who's invited to the banquet table? <laughs> you think it's you? But you've rejected the invitation of God in me, and you're rejecting the kingdom of God that is to unfold, so hmm, this is who you are? Woe to you. Or maybe you're looking at Matthew's context, where around the time of 70 AD, 40 years later, Matthew was in the middle of, of a revolution, of, of ideology, of theologies. People were still trying to figure out, I mean, we still are 2,000 years later, trying to figure out who this Jesus was. You have a Jewish people who are wondering, okay, was this guy the Messiah? Or is the Messiah still to come? I mean, this kind of stuff would have literally divided families. And so Matthew was sharing this story in the midst of a community trying to figure this stuff out. People who are trying to figure, well, do we follow Jewish customs and beliefs? Or do we do this new thing? A new identity that includes not just the chosen people, but now the Gentiles, those other people that were gathered from the streets after the chosen people were taken care of. And I'm going to stand before you saying, I, we don't know. We don't know the exact reason why this story was shared. But there are many interpretations that might bring us closer to understanding what Jesus was getting at here. But I still have to admit, this is tough. Because yes, sisters and brothers, you and I can hear this parable as a story for us. 
which is kind of a wake-up call to pay attention, to drop all of our assumptions about who's invited into God's presence and maybe start to wonder and to always, always be checking ourselves that we're not taking all this for granted. That we aren't just saying, yeah, 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 God, I hear your invitation, but I've got stuff to do. I'm busy. I don't have time on Sunday mornings. I don't have time during the week. I'm not going to pull over and help that person. I've, I've got somewhere to be. I'm not going to give the extra whatever to help this person. I'm going to save it just because I might want to go on vacation or do what I want to do, right? That invitation is there every day. And so, yes, you can look at the scripture and go, well, okay, let's take a moment, step back and go, am, am I hearing the invitation given to me every day? Or am I giving an excuse? But still, then, this parable continues. <laughs> that when the second round of guests have been welcomed in, there's this whole part where the king finds a fault with someone who has literally just pulled in off the streets. He says, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And that person being speechless, the king then says, bind this person hand and foot, throw them out into the outer darkness, outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called... But few will come in. I mean, wasn't this kind of short notice for that guest who was just kind of ushered in last minute? I mean, they were just pulled in off the streets. How was he supposed to come with like knowing that he had to have a wedding garb on? Is it yet another warning that Jesus isn't taking any freeloaders? That if you say you're a Christian, you better walk the talk or else be thrown into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thanks be to God. I'm going to be honest here. The end of this parable leaves me feeling uncomfortable and a little bit confused about this king. Is this just a story or is this Jesus telling us how God works? Is this the God that we worship? One that will take it only for a little while. And I wish Matthew could have been a whole lot more clear about this one. But every once in a while we get a, a piece of scripture here that causes confusion, especially since we're not living in the time this was written or when it was shared. And in the case of the story, there's one more thing that I like to do. I like to take another big step back. And see what the bigger picture is going on, not only in the story of Matthew, but in all of Scripture. This is why, dear friends, I am clinging to that phrase, actions speak louder than words this morning. Jesus' words lay us a, a parable to wrestle with and wonder about, but his actions, the actions of his life, leave nothing unclear. Here in this story, Jesus paints, uh, he uses words to paint a picture of a ruler king who has grace but a limited amount. Jesus' actions will reveal a king who has a thorn of crowns and a cross as a throne whose grace is unlimited. Jesus' words here show a wedding feast at the table where guests are punished for their ignorance. 
Jesus' actions reveal a feast at a table in an upper room where guests are received with great honor, where the king bows down and washes their feet and feeds them his very own body and blood, even for the one he knows will betray him. In this parable, Jesus' words describe a king who will deliver revenge upon all who shun him or kill his messengers. Jesus' actions display a God whose messenger, whose very son, is killed by the ignorance of others and yet chooses not to end life with revenge, but deliver new life with resurrection. And in that resurrection, pardon and forgive all those who abandoned, betrayed, and even those who had him killed. You see, actions speak louder than words. This is the resounding message that we receive from Jesus. The action and work of Jesus in his crucifixion and resurrection truly show us who God is. We're taught in seminary that the key to reading all of Scripture, okay, anytime that you are reading the Bible, it is important to look at it through the lens of the cross. Okay, we know the end of the story, right? It's a pretty awesome ending for us. And so everything that happens throughout Scripture, it's important that we see it through the end of that story. That God chooses life. That God chooses forgiveness and love. We will certainly face passages of Scripture that frustrate us or that are fearful or cause us to wonder, who is God really? And how does this God feel about us? especially when I mess up. And for this, I see Jesus' actions as his answer. The action he took made it very clear that you are loved, that you are worth dying for, that you are worth living for. Dear ones today, may we seek forgiveness for those times when our actions and our words are out of sync. May we hear God's invitation to the, to the Christian life and take it seriously. May we have the grace with ourselves and with others when we feel unsure and are wondering. And may we look to Jesus as he meets us at his table with bread and wine, body broken and blood poured out that we are not at the mercy of a king whose tolerance has a limit, but at the mercy of a living God whose mercy knows no end. And for that, we can actually say, thanks be to God. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. I think it's time to leave the book of Matthew. I don't know about you. No. <laughs> we'll see what happens next week. Uh, let, let us pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for, for the gift of, of today, for this chance to be here, to hear your word, even a scripture that is hard to chew on this morning. Lord, we, we invite you to plant that seed in our hearts, to not only hear these words, but to, to learn from them, to live by them, and to also take a step back and see that in the midst of those times when we do make mistakes, that you choose not to exact revenge but that you choose new life and forgiveness. And for that, we can't thank you enough. 
We thank you for the opportunities you give us to make mistakes and to get things right. We know that you'll always be putting people in our midst, that we can share your love and, our, and all that you've given us. And for that, we thank you for continually inviting us into your feast. We ask that you uh, continue to bless us so that we can be a blessing. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. Please stand as you are able. Trusting in the transformative power of God's loving spirit, let us now pray for the church, for the world, and for all in need. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, Merciful God, please respond with, Receive our prayer. Let us pray. We pray for the church in this and in every land that all followers of Christ share the mind and heart of Jesus and strive to live together in peace. Merciful God, receive our prayer. For green pastures and still waters and all the beauty of the natural world, especially our great lakes, that creation flourishes and humankind lives in right relationship with all that you've made. Merciful God, Receive our prayer. For the nations of the world and all who hold positions of authority, that they govern in accordance with God's vision of justice, providing shelter and refuge to all who are in need. Lord, we especially lift up to you the Middle East, and especially all of those innocents that are in the Gaza Strip and those who have suffered such great losses. We pray and lift up those families who have lost dear ones and those people who are struggling so mightily that your will and desire for peace and love might still shine through. Merciful God, receive our prayer. For all experiencing valleys of illness and grief, that they be healed and comforted and find rest in the presence of the Good Shepherd who walks beside them. We pray especially for those that we name now, either silently or out loud. Juanita. Jack. Jane. Dawn. Merciful God, receive our prayer. For this community of believers that whenever there is conflict or discord, the love of Christ may keep us united and make us mindful of all that is true, honorable, just, pure. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ our Lord as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Before you sit down, maybe you noticed we have a little uh, redecorating going on this morning. Uh, we are so blessed once again to be able to bless some of these quilts. So I'm going to invite you to uh, kind of 
move throughout the sanctuary here. Find some blankets that you can lay a hand on. We are going to bless these quilts this morning. So get it up out of your seats. Walk around. Put your hands on a few. There's some over in the prayer corner. There's some back by the sound people. If it's hard to move today, you can just extend a hand. That's okay too. And we got to get them all. So some of you are going to have to lay across them. I don't know how. No, I'm too. <laughs> Spread eagles. All right. During our 29 years, the, our, our group, his gang, our quilters group here at King of Kings, has made 3,008 quilts for Lutheran World Relief. These beautiful handmade quilts are shipped around the world to victims of earthquakes and floods and terrorism and other natural disasters. They are used as blankets to warm a child, to tent, uh, a tent to shelter a family, or used as blankets to, uh, uh, for clothing who has lost, for people who have lost everything. Before this year's 158 are shipped off, we're going to take a time to ask for God's blessings over all of them. So uh, um, let's... Can I just extend those hands? For those of you joining us online, extend your hands as well. Those blessings count too. Let's bless them as I say these words. Lord, we ask for your blessing upon this quilt and for the person or family to whom it will belong. We ask that you allow this quilt to be a tangible sign of our love and of your love for this world. And as they wrap in the warmth of this quilt... May you wrap your healing and comforting arms around them as well. We ask this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. You can head back to your seats and please be seated. What time are they heading out? Wednesday morning at 9.30, especially for those of you at home as well. You can, you can please be seated. Uh, um, Wednesday morning, 9.30, we're packing them all up, putting them in boxes, getting them sh- uh, uh, mailed out so that they can be used. So if you're available, by all means, come join. We now take a moment to reflect on our week, to confess those times when we have failed to live as God calls and invites us to live. And we confess these uh, moments with the words that are on the screen. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you of all of your sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen. At this time, uh, we are going to have the ushers come down and receive the offering. Remember, you can also put your yellow slips in there as well as our band uh, uh, plays their offering song. Amen.
At this time, I invite you to take out your communion kits. Or for those of you joining us online, I invite you to grab some bread or some wine or juice as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. We begin with the bread. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me, the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. I invite you to stand one final time. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.